0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, August 18th. Moab's hopeful candidates are in. Yesterday was the last day to declare candidacy for mayor and city council. After serving one term as mayor, Emily Niehaus announced that she would not be seeking re-election. Now, seven community members are vying to take her place. Get ready for a candidate list. Here we go. Sherry Costanza, Aaron Davies, Kent Green, Norm Knapp, Joette Langanese, Stephen Stocks, and Bill Winfield. Why so many candidates for one open position? Well, Moab City is trying ranked choice voting this year. That means all seven mayoral candidates will appear on the November ballot. Instead of choosing just one, Voters can rank all of them in their order of preference. The number of people local voters can rank for city council will almost be as large as that for mayor. Six candidates announced plans to run for the two open seats left by Mike Duncan and Karen Guzman-Newton, who each are not seeking re-election. And the list of prospective seat fillers vying for city council... Anthony Charles, Randall Fox, Josie Kovash, Mike McCurdy, Jason Taylor, and Luke Wojahowski. Ballots will be mailed to registered voters on October 11th, and November 2nd is Election Day. Find out how to register to vote in Moab's election at voter.utah.gov. For the first time in history, the Bureau of Reclamation declared a water shortage for the lower Colorado River Basin. As KUNC's Alex Hager explains, climate change is making it hard to predict when that might end. The shortage was
1: triggered by dropping water levels in Lake Mead, which supplies water to millions in the southwest. Escaping that shortage will rely partially on a turnaround of drought conditions that have lingered for over two decades. In the past, water managers counted on wet years to balance out the dry times. But that might not be the case anymore. Jennifer Pitt studies the river for the Audubon Society, a nonprofit environmental group. Water managers like to say hope for the best but make sure you're prepared for the worst and we can't even tell you with certainty what the worst could be. The first round of mandatory water cutbacks will start in Arizona and Nevada this January. If conditions don't turn around we could see similar and harsher cuts in 2023. I'm Alex Hager.
0: It takes more than want and will to build affordable housing in Western Gateway communities. Limited land pushes up prices, and building costs are high. In southwest Colorado, one community is looking to raise a little bit of extra money to offset building and maintenance costs. KOTO's Julia Caulfield has more. In 2019, three Telluride locals identified
1: what they saw as a problem— Pepper Raper-Contillo was one of them. We see our town is just bleeding people and wonderful people that are volunteers and great workers and wonderful community members um, and people can't find housing. The Trust for Community Housing, a local housing nonprofit, estimates there are currently fewer than five housing units on the market for rent. And affordable housing projects in the area currently each have wait lists of over 100 people. So, Raper Contillo and her friends decided to put democracy in action and do something about it. We decided, hey, let's tax the problem and turn the problem into a solution. That solution was a Citizens' Initiative ballot measure. The Citizens' Ballot initiative we did was to put an excise tax on short-term rentals within the town of Telluride. We proposed a 2.5% excise tax, and that money was specifically earmarked for the affordable housing budget of town. The measure was aimed at short-term private rentals, like Airbnb or VRBO, and excluded hotels and commercial accommodations. The short term rentals, Raper Cantillo says, is contributing to local residents losing their long term housing. Roughly 35% of Telluride's housing stock is currently short term rentals. That's up from about 20% five years ago. That fall, the measure passed with 56 percent of the vote. The tax went into effect in January 2020. In the first year, Telluride collected over $400,000 in tax revenue. In 2021, Telluride Mayor Delaney Young anticipates the town will collect $800,000. She says that funding will help float a number of construction projects coming down the pipeline, The town of Telluride is currently building a 30-unit rental project and are planning to break ground on two other housing projects within the next year, adding another 30
0: to 50 units of housing. You can never really have enough dedicated funding sources for something that is at this level of crisis. We just need to keep our eye on the goal, which is to get as many units built as quickly as we can.
1: And for Raper Contillo, housing efforts related to the tax are essential to keeping the community sound. For one, she says the lack of affordable housing discourages people from starting new businesses in Telluride. They don't want to commit to anything because they don't know at what point they may get kicked out of their housing and have to move town. Mayor Young adds
0: housing is more than just a roof over your head. It has to do with your mental health. It has to do with economic health for the region. Housing is if you will, the hub of the wheel and all of the spokes that come off are related to what that stable housing can provide to the entire community for not only the employees who live in it, but the businesses where they work, the schools that their children attend, etc., etc.
1: Now, the idea for a short-term rental tax didn't appear out of thin air. Other mountain towns, including Crested Butte, provided a roadmap for what the tax could look like in Telluride. Voters there passed a tax on short-term rentals that took effect in 2018. Having a defined revenue stream that's been pretty consistent these past few years is a great benefit for the community and for the Affordable Housing Fund. It certainly gives us the stability to do things um, that we couldn't necessarily plan on being able to do in years prior. Dara McDonald, town manager for the town of Crested Butte. She notes the town collects about $400,000 a year from the tax. Which goes back into the town's affordable housing fund. It certainly has not impeded rentals. We just continue to see growth in the revenue um, numbers that we're receiving. But McDonald and Raper Cantillo recognize the tax is just one element. It's not enough. Um, we still like like Telluride, have a huge uphill battle to be able to secure sufficient housing for our local workforce. This is one small puzzle piece of many actions we can take. And, you know, some say 2.5 percent wasn't enough to make it worth it, so we shouldn't have done it at all. But if you look at it, at the end of the day, it's raising funds that were not there before. And now more locals are stepping in again. A new citizens initiative to cap the number of short-term rentals in Telluride is working its way to the ballot this fall.
0: For KOTO and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Julia Caulfield. This story is part of a Rocky Mountain Community Radio reporting collaboration on affordable housing funded by the Solutions Journalism Network. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, August 18th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.